0: For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom ready to give up. Get ready because it's going to get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Braindom by The Fail Coach. And today, again, we are doing an interview. Um, I have Mark here with me, and it's a special pleasure for me to to say hi to Mark because I've been part of his Facebook group, Coaching Jungle, for quite some time now, and it's uh, a huge pleasure of mine to finally meet the man behind it because I got some amazing value from that group. Um, And yeah, without any further ado, uh, Mark, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, please uh, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Mia. And thanks for being in the coaching jungle as well. So uh, my whole thing is uh, I help coaches get more clients without paid ads, so organically. And I've been doing it since, oh, early 2014. And uh, before that, I was in real estate for about a decade throughout my 20s. And the reason your whole story, your message, your show and and everything uh, resonates with me is I have gone through um, not one but two business closures and and a lot of stumbles in a short period of time when my real estate business closed. So I love what you're doing with your business and with this show. Well,
0: thank you. So, oh, uh,
1: you were also
0: in real estate and you also failed in the real estate. Well,
1: Yes. Yeah, that was back in two thousand nine. So what I've discovered talking with others uh, uh, with uh, about my story is I wasn't the only one around that time <laughs> that went through it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. It seems. Yeah, to your mine comment. was.
0: Mine was in 2009 as well. Yeah, yeah so, so uh, August
1: of 2009 wasn't my best month ever. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. I know it's, uh, anyone who's going through a tough time now might be thinking, oh, yeah, right, whatever. But uh, it, it sounds cliche to say what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. But I do agree uh, with that. I learned more in that with that business closure than I'd learned in 10 years of success before that and the lessons remain today. So I'd rather not have gone through it the way that it happened, but everything happens for a reason. And I wouldn't be talking with you here today had it not happened.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, Mark, uh, I sometimes go on stages and, and uh, I remember the first time I was talking about my story, somebody from the audience asked me, you know, like Miha if you could go back in time like what would be one thing that you would change and you know my mind started racing and i was like well of course i would go back and say and said to myself don't do that deal or you know be careful about this and that but then you know i switched to hmm why would i do that i mean i can go back and say buy bitcoin buy an apple share and <laughs> stuff like that yeah. but then you know one thing struck me like i wouldn't be today who I am, if I would change something from my past. And Micha back then was not a really that nice person. Um, I was, you know, my values were all wrong. I was going for the wrong things. My life was on the inside, very empty on the outside. It was lavish, but inside me, I was, you know, very empty. And uh, then uh, what came out of my mouth was I wouldn't change a single thing because, um, and I strongly believe that. I strongly uh, um, believe that I'd rather not change anything because I really love who I am today, what I'm doing, how I'm impacting, you know, uh, lives of, of so many people. And I probably wouldn't be doing this. If this would be the old Mija. Huh?
1: yeah, and that's a good way to look at it because there's no sense beating yourself up about what happened in the past. It's not going to change anything, and um, it's a lot like baseball. I'm a baseball fan, and um, anyone who follows baseballs heard the term "bean ball." A bean ball is when a batter gets hit in the head with a pitch. You know, so they uh, some which is scary. They get hit in the head with a hundred mile an hour fastball and uh, some batters are able to shake it off and get right back into the batter's box other uh, hitters are never the same because they just can't get it out of their head they're afraid of getting um, hit in the head again by a pitch and they're just they're timid they're never the same and i've always said that's a better way to do it if you've been hit by a pitch in in life or in business you're better off (laughs) putting it out of your mind and just getting back into the batter's box so to speak
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. I absolutely. Mark, before we dive into the topic of today's uh, conversation, I want to ask you one thing. I mean, you've been around for a really long time um, and you're doing amazing stuff. So I really value your opinion. Um, There's a lot of offering out there online um, you know i help entrepreneurs sell more without any pay debts I help coaches um, organic marketing all of that you know like staying away from from the paid stuff uh, but do we have to be afraid of the paid role. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I understand that, you know, it, it's always best to validate stuff organically because you're losing way less money. Um, and, and then only once things are validated, you slowly move over to the, the paid side. Uh, but why is it in your opinion that so many people are seeking that organic way versus or being so afraid of the paid advertisement
1: yeah and I mean I'm not uh, knocking paid ads I think it's a great way to scale and and it works for people Um, I think the reason a lot of people coaches and entrepreneurs are hesitant is that um, they've lost money with paid ads maybe they've hired the wrong person or they try to do it themselves and they don't know what they're doing so I'm not saying don't do ads at all just that's my focus is helping people organically for me, with my coaching business, it came by more as necessity because back in my real estate days, I dumped a ton of money into marketing. You know, I did a lot of, uh, this was back in the stone age. Uh, so I did a lot of radio ads and, and uh, new uh, postcards being sent all over my city. And just, I spent a fortune on, on those ads and I grew my business really quickly that way. And after my business closure, I didn't have access to the same capital that I had back in real estate. So I had no option. I had to roll up my sleeves and do it organically because I couldn't uh, throw tens of thousands of dollars into ads with my coaching business. And at the time, I thought it was a disadvantage, but actually the silver lining was it forced me to really clarify my message and to get good at creating content because I couldn't just uh, do one ad, write a bit of copy and then keep uh, keep it going over and over again with paid ads so it worked out well but i mean there's more than one way to skin a cat there's people doing very well organically there's obviously lots of people doing well with ads and you have to decide what works best for your business
0: okay i mean fair opinion i mean i'm 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 a fan of combining both Mm. Um, doing a lot of on the branding part because that's long-term game sustainable game because, you know, with the funnel, you turn it on, you turn it off, and the leads are not coming in if it's turned off. Like branding yields returns for much longer. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I always suggest to all my early stage clients to validate things organically. Um, and only once it's validated, then slowly transition into the paid ads Uh or paid traffic space um, once they are ready to start growing and, and and scaling their business because organically it's a bit harder to, mm. to to scale it's not impossible but yeah I mean you can speed up things with with good advertising okay. but okay um I don't want to spend too much time on this um it was just you know uh, I I see that message so often and I said okay I'm gonna ask you um, so the topic of today is polarizing for profits and people pleasing is dangerous and I've shared my view on polarizing quite a few times here on podcast but um, I want to hear what you have to say about uh, polarizing for profits.
1: Well there's um, so many people in my world which are coaches but I think this goes across the board with anyone in business who are afraid of uh, chasing away any potential client so they play in what I call the mushy middle where they put out boring content that uh, will never offend anybody because it's boring and it doesn't take a strong stand. I think the better approach is to take stronger opinions and uh, you dr- drive away the people who aren't resonating with your message, but you pull others that do closer into you and they'll actually defend you and, and be your raving fans. So, um, I'm not saying that you go out there and you just be a troll and and uh, spout off stuff just for the sake of just for the sake of being polarizing because I, I think a lot of people are doing it and they're kind of fake. Uh, you you want to believe in what you're saying, but uh, it's something that I've um, I'm glad that I've done. I don't uh, hold back sharing my opinions. Uh, actually, here in the last week, I've shared a lot of them and I've had some people upset at me, but I've had a lot of people saying you're bang on, Mark, and that's fine. You know, I can't work with everyone anyways, so. Uh, I just uh, – I'm a fan of drawing that line in the sand and taking – putting out stronger content with your real attitudes and opinions and not worrying about uh, email unsubscribers or people unfriending you on Facebook or anything like that.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah, fair opinion. Now, my question – I mean, uh, yes, I – I see also very often that some people are trying to be over polarizing in a way where they will take any trending topic, even if they, even if it's nothing related to what they do and it brings no value to their business and maybe they even don't have a much, a strong opinion, but they'll try to push something just to polarize it. Um, So I see that quite often, especially on Facebook, but My question is polarizing. Um, Can you achieve good results by positive polarizing? And what I mean by that, you know, like we have certain politicians in this world who are very polarizing and it's more and more of them uh, in the US, in Europe, in, in UK and so on. And uh, yeah, they're using negative polarization and and calling out the negativity. But how about if instead of, I'll I'll give you an example. Let's say um, when I work with new entrepreneurs, we always do the homework. We always do some kind of business development, some kind of business plan. Um, It's not that full-blown plan that you need to go to the bank for a loan, but it's still a plan. Uh, Because I strongly believe that uh, some homework needs to be done, and now I can I can go online and say, "Oh, people who just go out there and wing it are you know uh, losers or are you know idiots or or something even maybe stronger uh, words." Um, or I can go and I say, "I really really love working with people who uh, value how to do some homework first. And I mean, both would be in a way polarizing, both uh, both audiences would probably get the message and people who don't like to do the business plan wouldn't respond. People who like to do it would be happy that, you know, somebody is valuing them. But do you think that it's possible to achieve good results with positive polarization?
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um... And, and in theory, I think you can. However, um, when I say polarizing, it doesn't mean that you, which some I've seen people do this where they say you're, you know, whoever does whatever, you're all a bunch of friggin' idiots and you're stupid, you know, and stuff like that. That's not what I mean by polarizing necessarily. Uh, polarizing could be something like, uh, let's say if I were a health coach and um, I, I disagree with CrossFit. I I say, hey, it's dangerous. I think it leads to a lot of injuries. Um, It's cult-like behavior. (laughs) I'm going to get a bunch of CrossFitters angry at me. I'm just using this as an example. Uh, I don't really have an opinion of CrossFit one way or another. But um, that that would be an example of polarization or, again, with a health coach, if I uh, disagreed with a paleo diet or something like that. But then I think the other key is to back it up and say why you uh, disagree with it. So uh, to use another example, if I were a sales coach, I would pick uh, one of the big players in my niche, like, take for example, Grant Cardone or someone like that. And I would say why Grant Cardone is wrong about uh, follow ups or whatever, something that he's put out in opinion. But then I would back it up. And I think where people get tripped up with polarization is that they, instead of doing it that way, they'd say, oh, Grant Cardone's a, a big fat idiot. And, you know, uh, it, but then they don't back it up and they're just trying to do it for shock value. So the the name of the game is to get your stuff seen, and my worry is if you're too soft on it, like um, like you had mentioned, that not enough people are going to see it or engage in it. it's not going to get them uh, emotionally invested in that uh, content one way or another. But there's a right way and wrong way to do it with polarization. And I think unfortunately a lot of people are doing it the wrong way online, especially.
0: Okay, um, can can we do a little bit deeper dive into? Um, how we can do it uh, in the right way can you coach us a little bit through that
1: well a good example of polarization is email subject lines so i'm a big proponent of daily emails which is polarizing in itself because a lot of people hear that and they think oh my god daily emails i've been doing it for years i've never missed a day i'm just a really big fan of emailing my list daily um, but the other part of that is that uh, I have to have good subject lines that will get people to open the email. And when I say good subject lines, I don't mean clickbait type stuff to trick them to open it. But I need to have ones that are um, evoke curiosity. So a good example is back in uh, September. I've done this a couple of years, actually. I, I believe it's in September that is the International Day of Peace. And I forget the actual date. But uh, on the International Day of Peace, I've sent an email out to my list before with the subject line, why the International Day of Peace is a scam. So anyone looking at that would think, well, gee, what's wrong with the International Day of Peace? Why does Mark hate peace? Now, it's a little bit tongue in cheek. I'm not saying that peace is a bad thing. But what I'm saying is that um, there are a lot of people in the online space that spend their time uh, worrying about stopping uh, world wars and and everything and everyone loving each other around the world but uh, they don't have their finances in order so they're fighting with their spouse they're not on solid uh, financial footing or anything like that and my argument was hey why not put the same amount of or more effort into your own life and improving your own life and your business so you have peace on the home front as opposed to You know, um, uh, going out there and trying to solve world peace by yourself, which unfortunately, there's never going to be world peace. I mean, regardless of what people say, it's impossible uh, with it. So that would be an example of a polarizing subject line that got uh, people to open it and read it. I actually had some emails back, including from one subscriber who, who worked for a peace group or organization, and she wasn't very peaceful. Uh, when she responded so um, it, but it, hey you know what i would never heard of her before and she ch- dropped off my list or whatever and that's fine she wasn't my ideal client and I, because I'm the type of person I like to have fun when I'm coaching people I like to speak my mind I want them to be open and honest as well and and uh, if they're easily offended we're not going to work well together
0: okay but you know where do we draw that line you know like where How how do we stay Let's say within those boundaries, um, and you know, stay away from just going on a rent or doing it in, in a not proper way. Like sure. where where is that boundary?
1: Well, I'm a really big fan of tying it back to your business, uh, to my business. So just like you talked about earlier, some people talk about something that uh, can't be connected to their business, and it's there's a a disconnect there. It Doesn't really make sense. So another example of polarization, I'll often post on social media or send an email to my list in support of capitalism. You know, I'm a proud capitalist. It's um, an evil word in a lot of quarters nowadays uh, where people think that all capitalists are greedy, money hungry, you know, um, uh, people and stuff but I actually think capitalism is much better than socialism I'm not afraid to say that you know I want to work with coaches who are capitalists who aren't afraid of making money and so I've put out some stuff uh, about capitalism that's gotten people riled up but I've also tied it into my business message which is very much pro-capitalist don't feel bad about making money and um, you know you, you shouldn't have any guilty feelings about that I, and, and I will uh, till, till I die I will uh, always uh, support capitalism over socialism but uh, that fits into my business message perfectly and that's why i i have no problem doing that now does that drive some people away especially in today's political climate and with the 2020 u.s election coming up yeah there's some bernie sanders supporters um, who've been upset at me or you know certain people but that's fine again we probably wouldn't work well together but if if somebody um is on social media railing against rich people all day and make it sound like it's a bad thing to actually earn money and you know tax the bastards and all this other stuff that we're not going to work well together anyways. So I don't mind driving them away.
0: Um, I want to ask you one thing. Let's say you know you're a, you're a coach, and we both know that in the online world. Anybody can pretend to be anything. You go out, you rent a Lambo for a weekend, you make a lot of photos and videos and bam, you have enough content for two years. (laughs) Um, And you can pretend to be something that perhaps you're not, or you're not the most qualified to be that. And I'm, I'm, you know, like in any industry, um, there is a lot of bullshit out there as well. um, how do i mean um do you ever use um any name calling you know like just uh even even with you know explanation and and all of that or do you stay away from that
1: um name calling well i don't i wouldn't single somebody out i wouldn't uh send an email out usually and say hey joe smith is full of you know what and uh blah 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 because i i don't think that's a productive thing to do now i'll call out the supposed experts and gurus um not by joe smith's name but by saying uh, lo- uh, i saw a guru the other day who said x and this is why i disagree uh, the ones that i can't stand in my world are the, uh, the ones that promise people a magic system for making seven figures in a month by working five minutes a day from their hot tub you know so <laughs> there i don't know if i'm taking any risk by attacking them because i don't think they're the most um Uh, popular people because they've sucked so many people into these uh you know who've they've taken a lot of money from people by peddling false hopes so there's a lot of snake oil salesmen and saleswomen in the online space and they're um They're a villain of mine. I'll use them in my content and and stuff like that uh, with it. But I don't usually get into – I see a lot of petty name-calling and and, uh, some people sharing private screenshots and dirty laundry back and forth with with them. And you have to be very careful getting in the mud with pigs, so to speak. And uh, with that, I don't think that's always the most productive way to do it.
0: Okay. Well, Mark – um, you, you mentioned something, you know, um, that triggered me right now, <laughs> um, or triggered. No, I'm sorry, triggered my next question. Um, so you're an experienced entrepreneur now, coach, and so on. Um, what would you suggest to you know our audience of entrepreneurs, you know, along the entrepreneurial journey? They will need, you know. Outside help, consultation, coaching, mentoring, mastermind groups—I mean, all of that is can be only beneficial if they choose, you know, a good uh, a good coach, mentor, and so on. Uh, but you know, you with your knowledge, with your past experience, I'm sure you know. In the past, you've made bad decisions. You made good decisions on choosing people. What's your process, or what would you suggest to the audience? Um, to have as a process when they're doing their due diligence?
1: Well, that's a great question. I mean, um, you're right that you can't just go based, uh, judge a book uh, based on its cover, because there are a lot of people who uh, have the fancy photo shoots, the nice looking websites, uh, fake testimonials, (laughs) and then they try to make it sound like they're the best thing since sliced bread. So I put a lot of um, weight on people who I know who recommend that person so for example if you said to me Mark um, uh, I heard you're looking for help with x uh, I know a great person who can help with that that would hold a lot of weight for me because I know you you this isn't your first rodeo you, you, and I trust your opinion on it uh, so I I put a lot of stock in that but then also I know that this isn't terribly scientific I'm not a woo-woo guy but I go with my gut a lot too so um, sometimes I've just had bad feelings about people for whatever reason, they, some, they've said something during a call or something stood out, stuck out to me and I'm like, no, I'm not going to go in that direction. Um, it, I don't think you can ever have a 100% success rate when it comes to hiring someone to help you. Um, but your goal is to have it as high as possible. But I've made some bad hires. You know, and it doesn't mean they've been bad people. They just have haven't been able to deliver on what they promised. And you know that's part of the learning curve with it. You you can't beat yourself up about that. You just have to do better the next time. But definitely do your due diligence. Don't buy into the. Um, a lot of people are selling this the uh, sizzle more than the steak, and they say as they say, and you don't want to fall into that
0: okay that's some solid advice but you don't have like a maybe like a system or something uh, um, how you do a due diligence you rely on on, on you know the gut feeling and then you do a little bit of dating I guess and and so on
1: yeah I mean uh, for me where I've done my podcast for so long I've done oh, 635 episodes as of today and um, that's connected me with a lot of people who know service providers so I usually can get a pretty good sense that way. Now, if I had a, a smaller network and I was a little bit newer into it, I would probably change things around a bit. But no, I know, again, that doesn't sound terribly scientific. It sounds like... Um, are you a fan of Star Wars? Um, not
0: oh, okay. that much, but I mean... Um, <laughs> a, I, I did watch
1: them a few oh, times. Okay, I'm a Star Wars fan. So in in the New Hope, the first Star Wars movie that was released when Luke Skywalker is flying into the Death Star and he removes the uh, v- the... Uh, radar from his eye and he decides to use his gut and wing it when he shoots the uh, missile into the death star. I'm geeking out now, but um, he decided to use the force and and the instinct stuff. That's a lot of it for me too. I can get a pretty good sense of um, people. My my BS detectors become um, finally honed after six years of being uh, in the online game. So my, my spidey senses will usually tingle when somebody's full of it. Okay. Okay.
0: I mean, yeah. And and like you mentioned, you have this huge leverage of uh, very quality network. And of course, you're using the leverages. Why wouldn't you? Um, That's that's a very good approach anyway. I mean, if I see what I do, most of people that I collaborate with in in one way or another are some sort of referral from somebody who I already trust. Uh, and maybe that's something we can yeah, uh, go ahead and talk a little bit about it. I mean, you are helping coaches on acquire uh, acquiring clients and so on. And, um, you know, we all know that the buying process is no like trust and only when enough trust is built, people are ready to hand over the credit card. So um, uh, would you would you want to share a little bit of your opinion on that
1: or? You know, um, how can we uh, create that process? Sure. Well, and that's a good point. The whole um, no like trust thing, because I find a lot of people jumping into business, especially online, um, don't have patience. They want that sale right away. And um, it, unfortunately, you have to play for the long game. And that's why I'm a fan of things like my Facebook group and, and with my emails, the podcast and so on, is that's an opportunity for people to um get to know me, you know, by consuming content on those platforms. And then uh, my, uh, most of the people who either hire me as a coach or uh, subscribe to my print newsletter for coaches, they have been in the Facebook group for a while. They've been, I say stalking me, but not in a creepy way or anything like that. But they, they've seen enough of um, my, my content because I'm posting every day in those places That they know that I didn't just roll out of bed today and say, hey, I'm an expert at this. You know, I've been at it for a long time. So it's really it's a warm audience um, with it. But what do most people do? They uh, jump into business online. They'll try something for uh, a week or a couple weeks and they don't get clients from it. Then they're off to the next bright, shiny object and they're not giving enough time to build up that know, like and trust Factor with it, so I think that it definitely requires patience, which is something I've gotten better at. Because full disclosure, I'm not usually the most patient guy in the world, but when it comes to business, I've learned uh, to be patient. And, And here's another blessing from my real estate days: is when I started in real estate, I was 21 years old. I looked about 15. I looked really young. I had no money. Student loans, no contacts. Um, If if you're a betting person, you wouldn't be betting on me to do well in real estate. But um, I just worked hard and I primed the pump and I um, rolled up the sleeves and and just did the work and eventually it started to roll for me. And when I started my coaching business years later, I reminded myself, Mark, this is going to take some time, just like real estate, but just keep your head down and keep doing uh, your thing. And then it eventually started to roll. So you really are priming the pump okay
0: yeah i mean i yeah again i can't but agree with everything that you said and i want to tie now what you said because you know that i'm very important part of of your client journey buyer journey funnel whatever you want to call it i hate the word <laughs> funnel um just because it's so used by certain groups uh, uh that border on something else but uh, um so you you have your Um, client journey or ecosystem where you nurture uh, and build trust and like and for that you're of course using content content marketing organic content marketing and now I want to tie this into what you said uh, people pleasing is dangerous Um, does that uh, um is that statement only about the content? So uh, uh, giving out mellow content that is kind of people pleasing, but not really, or um, people pleasing on all levels in your business, even when you land a client and you're mm. um, trying to please, them. Yeah. like, how, how do you understand that? people-pleasing is dangerous, and how does that tie with your ecosystem? And
1: that's a great question to ask because actually just today I had an issue with a client where he he, um, didn't show up for our agreed-upon time. We have a weekly call and I have a rule, I'll wait five minutes and then I leave. Uh, Because I understand sometimes there could be a tech issue or something like that, but I'm not going to sit waiting for 40 minutes for someone to arrive. And um, I waited about five minutes, and then I just closed Zoom and went about and did something else. And I didn't message him. I said, he wasn't there for a time. We'll have that talk. Uh, he messaged me probably 20 minutes later, and he said, uh, sorry, Mark, um, You know, I'm sorry I wasn't there for the call. And he gave some kind of half-hearted excuse or whatever. And um, I just said, look, uh, if we're going to be doing these calls, you have to show up in time. This isn't the first time that you, there's been a mix-up. And um, we're going to have to fix this or I'm not going to keep doing it. Uh, Now, a lot of coaches would be hesitant to do that because they would think, well, I don't want him to not like me. And. Um, they'd just be hesitant. They find it a little bit awkward, right? And, uh, but for me, I find it very disrespectful. It'd be the same way if I didn't show up on time for the call with that client or any client that uh, I'm not doing my job and I'm being a jerk with it as well. And uh, he was good about it. He said, I'm really sorry, Mark. I apologize. This won't happen again. And, you know, um, that, that was that. I actually had a guest on my podcast recently who um, was, his whole business is around tough conversations. And, um, he'd be a great guy for you to get on the show sometime but his name's David Wood, and that's his whole thing because so many people are afraid to have tough conversations and then issues faster, and they become much worse by not having that conversation so if I didn't talk with my client about his tardiness there. I, that would bug me. I'd get worked up, but maybe I, I would resent him in future calls and stuff. And then I'm not, that's not good for either of us uh, with it. So um, there's an example of not succumbing to people pleasing, not in, including just content creation, uh, but also with your interactions with clients, prospects, uh, people you do business with and so on.
0: Okay. Well, that that was a really, really, really good example. And and I Absolutely, strongly agree with you, and I agree with you. with With uh, uh, what did you say his name was? Uh, the guest on your uh, podcast his name's
1: David Wood, and uh, he oh, yeah. David. If you Google David Wood, tough conversations, we had a great chat about it. Because, and then the other, as David mentioned, I'm I'm getting this from him as well. But uh, people don't have the tough conversations with themselves either, <laughs> so they ignore things and they don't uh, face things themselves. So that that's probably the most dangerous one when you don't have tough conversations with yourself
0: yeah yeah um another thing that i want to ask you i mean in in your since you are like most i'm guessing most of your clients are trying to um do their business online so a lot is connected with being online being present and 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 so on like mm, do you have any tips and tricks for you know entrepreneurs who want to be more online entrepreneurs And of course, uh, every year there is more noise every year, more and more people um, are starting their entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, uh, probably you would have a very hard time finding a single coach on online. And now you go on Facebook and there's like a plethora of of coaches out there, Um, apart from polarizing or you know stating your opinion strongly Um, what are some other things that you know online entrepreneurs can can do to strongly position themselves and and uh, step out of uh, mediocrity if I call it yeah I mean
1: it's a tough question to ask in a short um, answer but uh, in a nutshell I mean first off you have to obviously decide who you're helping and uh, not being too general with it so when it comes to choosing a a specific niche and uh, this keeps a lot of um, entrepreneurs stuck they try to appeal to every single person out there you have to remember there's what 7.5 billion people in the world maybe it's close to 8 billion by now you don't need very many of those uh, 7.5 billion people to have a successful business so don't try to cast your net too wide and appeal to everyone Once you have that decided on, um, I think it's really important to choose just a few things to do online to get your message out there. Don't try to do 120 different ones or you won't be able to focus on any of them to get traction. So I call them pillars, three pillars. And my three pillars for my business are podcasting. So that's my show, but then also going out on shows like I'm doing right now with yours. Another one is Facebook, especially the Facebook group. And uh, finally, there's email marketing, daily emails uh, that I do. If I'm doing those three things, then I know that I'm okay. Now, I still get business elsewhere that comes in, but those are the big three that I focus on. And the key when you choose your three pillars, they could probably will be different than mine, but choose three pillars that uh, first off that you enjoy doing, because if you don't enjoy doing them, you're not going to consistently do them. So if I hated writing, I probably wouldn't be doing email marketing. (laughs) Uh, I certainly wouldn't be doing it every day because I'd feel like throwing my laptop out the window. But I love writing. So for me, it doesn't feel like work. So uh, first criteria is uh, choose something that you enjoy doing. And the second criteria is obviously it has to work. Uh, So the example that I use is, uh, let's say my favorite thing in the world is to open up my um, bedroom window and yell at passersby in my neighborhood. Hey, uh, hire me, hire me, you know, and I do this all day long. It's my favorite thing to do in the world. I absolutely love it. Um, It doesn't matter how much I love doing it. That's probably not going to work. So you have to keep that in mind as well. Or let's say you're on a new social media network that you have a platform that you really, really like, but it only has a handful of people using it. It, Nobody knows about it. Well, it doesn't matter that you love using that new social media network tool if there's not enough people there potential clients as well so th- those are the big criteria when you're choosing your three pillars
0: okay that's some good solid advice uh mark i mean you are a podcaster i mean i'm a little bit of a podcaster but i'm i'm, I'm, at, I'm at a very early early stage but you are already a seasoned podcaster And uh, podcasts are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Of course, in the U.S. and Canada, uh, they are already very popular. They are still becoming popular in Western Europe. Uh, Less people listen to them in Eastern Europe. But, you know, uh, they will get there uh, eventually. Um, And you as a seasoned podcaster, um, how important would you say is for Um, today's entrepreneurs to seek um, to be interviewed or even to decide to start their own? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not going to say that you absolutely have to do it. Um, Obviously, I'm a big fan of it because I've done uh, between my show and then going out on shows over a thousand interviews by now. And I wouldn't have done that many if I thought it was a waste of time. So I would encourage uh, anybody to definitely look at it, uh, provided that they enjoy it, of course. If you absolutely hate it, then there's plenty of other things to do. But I do think that podcasting is really going to explode. And some people said, well, oh, I I missed the boat, you know, because I've had people say to me, Mark, you're lucky you started your podcast in 2014, but I'm too late now. I was saying the same thing when I started my show in 2014. I looked at um, a popular podcaster who started his in 2012, And he was getting a bunch of downloads. I thought, oh, I'm too late to the party. You know, I should have started two years ago. (laughs) So everyone's going to say that. There's never a perfect time to start. The best time to start is right now uh, with it. But especially with uh, new vehicles or having podcast players installed, pre-installed in those vehicles. And um, I can tell you a couple of years ago in my neck of the woods here in uh, Atlanta, Canada, um, a lot of people didn't know what a podcast was like when I started my show uh, five or six years ago i I would mention I'm starting a podcast and I get a blank stare from a lot of people and uh, now more and more people are know what a podcast is or listen to them and stuff like that so uh, don't be scared off by people saying that hey it's too late to start a podcast or to go on podcast uh, if it, uh, hosting as you know um, uh, post hosting can be a lot of work you got to deal with uh, editing uploading and all the other stuff. At the very least, go out on other shows. Uh, so I love this one because uh, you're doing all the hard work, me you, Your team's doing the editing, <laughs> the upload, and all that. I just show up, talk for a few minutes, and then I'm gone.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know it's so much nicer when when you are being interviewed. It's a I lot less work. More, but yeah. But but uh, yeah. I mean, I love uh, bringing people like you who have so much value to share. And, you know, I mean, I I don't want my business to be just about me. I, I, yes, I'm part of it, but I really want to promote people who I believe are really doing things in an ethical, moral way, value giving way and so on, and bringing you guys in front of my audience so that they because you know, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely not a perfect fit for all my listeners. So why wouldn't they work with you better that than you know if they go and find somebody with the Lambo picture, <laughs> but uh, will not get them where they where they need to be? Um, Mark, before we slowly go towards the end of the podcast, um, tell us a little bit about Mark. You know, like you've shared now so much value, uh, but You know, tell us about Mark, the person, Uh, maybe, you know, what are your hobbies or, you know, some people share a little bit about their family, Uh, whatever you want. Just let us a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean,
1: uh, well, one thing that a lot of people don't know is I have an identical twin brother who uh, Matt is his name and his team actually edits my podcast. (laughs) So I don't have to edit my show. I hate editing. So I hand it off to their team. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm an identical twin. I have an 11 year old son, and um, you know, speaking of the whole theme of your business and your show, uh, my son, when my business closed back in 09, he was only uh, he was born in 08, so he's just a little over a year old when everything collapsed, and um, that was obviously scary, right? When you have a one year old baby uh, who's who's relying on you mm-hmm. to put food on the table, uh, but I always say he's my greatest motivation because I had him. I couldn't lay in bed and mope around and feel sorry for myself because I had to get out there and and make a comeback, you know, in life, uh, with it. So I'm very grateful. He, um, he doesn't know that now, uh, but he will know it as probably as he gets older that he's my greatest motivation because he gives me that drive. And this is why when I see uh, entrepreneurs without kids will sometimes say, oh, my God, I couldn't do this without a kid. And and uh, they're talking bad, uh, that that's a bad thing that people have kids. I say, hey, that's the best motivation in the world uh, if you have kids. Now, it's probably best that you don't have 10 or 15 kids, <laughs> but uh, I'm very happy with the one. But uh, for entrepreneurs, uh, it's extremely motivating to have that person who looks up to you but is also relying uh, on you to be successful and you want to be a role model and give him or her a good uh, example to live up to so i love being a father and again that's my biggest motivation
0: um, now that you mentioned you know 10 kids and so on just a few weeks ago i had a guest uh, on my podcast um who comes from a. Uh, poly uh monogamous uh family and he was one of 40 something (laughs) kids in in that family amazing story uh and how then he um got out of that and into entrepreneurship and what he's doing today and how he's doing it and and all of that really truly amazing story Uh, mark um, like I already said, you you gave a whole lot of value, um, so I want to ask you to tell us who should contact you if they would want to work with you, like who's your ideal client, you already mentioned coaches yeah. and so on, but maybe you can be a bit more specific, and You know, what's the best way to get in touch with you other than joining the coaching jungle? Well,
1: anyone who wants to make a million bucks in the next uh, three days, um, work in just a few minutes, contact me. I'll show you how to do it. No, I'm just kidding um my ideal client is uh, obviously coaches that's all i work with anyone who's um let's say a bricks and mortar business owner or something who approaches me i refer them off um, just because that's they're not my people uh, so i'm working with coaches or aspiring coaches who are getting started a lot of my clients are in the first couple of years um so they may have had some success and some clients but it's kind of feast or famine or it's not consistent so i'm looking for uh coaches who uh, first of all, are fun to work with because life's too short if you're not having fun. But also ones who are setting big goals. So if somebody wants to, you know, work with the odd client and make 500 bucks a month or whatever, that's cool if that's their decision. But that doesn't excite me to work with them. So I am looking for people who are thinking big and and want to make a big impact as well. So I mean, those are a few of my big criteria. And the other one would be ones who pay me what I'm worth and on time. <laughs> that's always nice. Okay. Okay. I mean, do,
0: do you have any specific preference, you know, like coaches just in general or, you know, it's business, life, health? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: or, or It's interesting because uh, I've worked with coaches across the board in all sorts of niches. And I've found that there's a lot of crossover uh, between those coaches, even though you wouldn't think that a business coach and a health coach would be. So, um, really I'm, I'm, uh, not restrict, I don't restrict myself to a certain type of coach, uh, that way. And I've worked with all okay. sorts of different ones. So like you mentioned, the coaching jungle is uh, one place that people can connect I'm in there every day. Uh, that's at doccoachingjungle dot uh, you can learn more about my, myself, my offers blog and all that stuff over at mark.coach and that's Mark with a C. So it's dot uh, www.mark.coach.
0: Uh, We'll include all the links anyway in in the show notes as well, so uh, everybody can just uh, find them in the show notes and and click and uh, go there. Uh, But tell me, uh, when you work with clients, uh, do you have different uh, programs? Is it just one-on-one or or you do group or um, what kind of
1: Programs. Yeah. Do you uh, have? well, I have a few ways to help people. I mean, um, on the I say the low end, um, I have a monthly hard copy newsletter. It's ninety seven dollars a month. Um, so I have subscribers all over the world in that. Then it goes up through digital programs. I have a ten clients in ninety days program, uh, which, uh, as you could probably guess, shows people how to get ten clients in ninety days, uh, all the way up to one on one. Um, but that being said, I don't have a um, hundred different offerings or anything like that. If anyone who goes to my website will see there's a, a tab there saying uh, "Work with Me" and it shows those ways to work with me. But it's I like to keep my uh, business very simple. My rule of thumb is I want to be able to fit my offerings on a little yellow sticky note. And if I can't do that, then I know that I'm I have too many. I'm make it too complicated. So that's always my goal to keep it on a sticky note.
0: that's a good goal to have I like that I like that idea and I'm a huge fan of sticky notes Um, yeah so I might just start using (laughs) that myself Uh, Mark before I let you go what's the one last golden nugget that you want to leave the audience with and it can be connected with what we talked it can be whatever you want you know like that last piece uh, to
1: lead sure. the audience. Well, this, this ties in with what we've been chatting about with people pleasing and polarization. Is that uh, remember that it's your business and your rules, so um, you don't have to work with anyone that you don't want to work with. You can, uh, you should set very clear criteria and boundaries. And um, uh, here's a polarizing thought: a, a lot of people say the customer is always right or the client is always right. No, they aren't always right. (laughs) And so um, I think that's dangerous thinking for entrepreneurs. So it's your business and your rules. Choose people who you enjoy working with. You'll have a lot more energy, a lot more fun that way.
0: Perfect. Perfect ending to uh, an amazing episode. Mark, I thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining me for this conversation. Thanks for sharing all that knowledge. And yeah, just um, keep on doing everything that you're already doing, and and keep on having that amazing Facebook group that's providing so much. Yeah, thanks value. for having me
1: on. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye bye.